Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the second Sunday in the Advent season of the church year. Our order of service is the service of the word which begins on page 38. We're going to open right now with hymn number 55, O Come All Ye Faithful. disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, 
my Savior, I pray. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 to 11. Beautiful gospel message here where the Lord speaks comfort to us through that wonderful message of forgiveness. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Alleluia. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. All mankind will see God's salvation. Alleluia. Words are written. 
chapter 3 verses 8 to 14 a reading in which Peter wants us to think about the last days and being ready and prepared for those days Peter wrote but do not forget this one thing dear friends with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. We'll continue with our next hymn, hymn number 16 on Jordan's Bank, The Baptist Cry. Oh. 
The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider this second Sunday in the Advent season is our, our Gospel reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, where Mark was inspired to write, The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who are getting ready for Christmas. One year when Christmas Day happened to fall on a Sunday, there was a farmer who decided that he was going to go to church that day. And unfortunately, tragically for this man, he was someone who thought that if he went to church twice a year on Christmas and Easter, then he was fulfilling his religious obligations by going to church, like I said, that twice a year for Christmas and Easter. The sermon that day, that Christmas day, was based on Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3, where the Lord says, The ox knows his master, the donkey his master's manger, his owner's manger, but Israel does not know my people, my people do not understand. God is saying with these words that the Israelites were dumber than the animals. After church, what happened is that that farmer, he went back to his farm, he went back home, and he was standing among the cows, and one of them began licking on his hand, uh, practical demonstration of the sermon that the man had just heard. The farmer, he was a tough, rough man, but he broke down in tears as he thought, God did so much for me, but I don't thank and worship him as I should. My cow is far more grateful than I am, and what do I ever give her other than grass and water? Hopefully, a story like this gets us to think of all of the great and amazing blessings that God gives to us that we receive from our God. 
and it leads us to think a little bit more about how we'll want to thank and praise and worship our God for all of those amazing blessings that he gives to us and also to see how important it is for us to regularly look to God's word through which God would give us more and more of his blessings, more and more of his grace and love. Now see, thanking and worshiping God and looking to him and his word for his grace and his blessings, that's really what making straight paths for the Lord is all about. It's making that right kind of Christmas preparation. So this reading for today, it gets us to respond by saying, let's make the right kind of Christmas preparations. Make the right kind of Christmas preparations by listening to the voice of God's messenger, by heeding the call to repentance, and by knowing what lies ahead of us. Our reading does take us back to before Jesus' baptism, before he began his public earthly ministry. All of the Jews at that time would pretty much have known that there was a promised Messiah who was supposed to be coming. However, there was quite a bit of misunderstanding about what that promised Messiah would be all about, what his purpose would be. There were some in the land who were looking at the coming promised Messiah and thinking of him as a savior from sin. Certainly there were some like that, but it appears that there were many, many more Jews who were looking for a savior who would restore the Israelite nation to what it was under King David and King Solomon when it was a, an empire, a powerful empire itself. But Jesus' purpose in coming into this world wasn't to restore earthly glory. His purpose instead was to secure eternal glory for us, not by defeating the Romans, but by defeating Satan's sin and death and hell, by winning for us eternal salvation. But before the promised one could begin his work, this messenger had to come. And in prophecy, the Lord had said, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. Well, Mark tells us here, and so John came baptizing and preaching. This verse, this phrase clearly shows us that John's coming and his entire ministry was not by human authority. It wasn't that John decided to do this or this was God moving him. He was the messenger who would prepare the way for the Lord. He must have been quite a rough looking character when you look at the description that's here. Mark tells us that his clothing was made of camel hair camel's hair. That would have been worse than wearing the most scratchy woolen sweater. It would have been more like wearing a, a, a burlap bag. 
it was far from fashionable and it also says here that he ate wild honey and some kind of edible locust or grasshopper. He was a rough, unique character, but he had a message from God that the people needed to hear. Years ago, there was a man who went into a telephone booth, and some of you remember what a telephone booth is. There aren't many of them around anymore. We have, we have one in Eaton Rapids, kind of a decorative thing, of course. But this man went into a telephone booth, and he made a phone call, called the number of a friend. But when the connection was made, the friend kept on saying, I can't hear you, speak louder. And all he could hear was the roar of traffic that was passing by the phone booth. He told the caller, shut the door so I can hear. And now it's a simple little story, but likewise what we need to do for us to listen to God's word, what we need to do is oftentimes shut the door to the outside world around us so that its enticements don't distract us and, and pull us away from the word of God. Then when we go back into the world's rat race, we'll have God's strength and help to keep us going. Perhaps it was for that very reason that John was sent out into the wilderness to do his ministry. Why God had John the Baptist be, as it says, a voice of one calling in the desert because he wanted the people back then and he wants us also to know how essential it is for us as believing children of God to pull ourselves away from this world. And maybe we can think about our special Advent and Christmas services. In addition to our regular services, and other opportunities we have to worship and study God's word together as those special times when we can pull ourselves away from the world and get closer to the words of scripture so that God, the Holy Spirit, can have a chance to work on our heart. God's messenger, John the Baptist, is speaking to us today through these words of scripture. But pastors and others who faithfully preach the word today are also messengers from God that we need to listen to so that the word that they proclaim can strengthen our faith and help us to, as it says here, make straight paths for the Lord. John said, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's message, John's purpose, his mission was to prepare the hearts of the people for the Lord. And well, it wasn't John doing the work, it was the Holy Spirit using John's word to work on the people's hearts. He was working on the people's hearts, preparing the people for the Lord through a call to repentance and a baptism for the forgiveness of sins, it says here. And for us to be repentant, what has to happen, of course, is that God has to use his law to show us our sin and show us 
the hopelessness of our own situation on our own, how we need help. And then he also needs to proclaim, of course, the gospel message to us, to work on our hearts, to show us our Savior, to show us the complete answer to the problem of our sins. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, working through the Word, it will lead us to be, well, confess our sins, to be sorry for those sins, look to Jesus for forgiveness and trust in that forgiveness and, and then also look to the Holy Spirit for his help to fight against the sin that would be in our lives. See now, that's what it means to heed the call to repentance. The call to repentance, is, it is a timely message for us to hear in this Advent season of the church year as we make our outward preparations for Christmas, God through his word has to also prepare our hearts for Christmas by reminding us again and again how much we need Jesus the Savior because of our sinfulness, how much we need him and, and how much he's there for you and for me. Well, Mark says, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. The preaching of John the Baptist, it had a profound effect on those people. The people from all over the area, they flocked out to, to hear John. And some of those people, they went out to see and hear this, this rough, unique individual who was out there preaching and baptizing out in, the, out in the wilderness. But of course, God's word did also work on the hearts of many who listened to John the Baptist. And the Holy Spirit either called them to faith or strengthened them in their faith and, and showered them with God's grace and blessings and, and forgiveness in, through the word and through the baptism that Jesus, that John performed there. In today's Old Testament reading, the Lord said, comfort, comfort my people, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. That double for all our sins, that's something that is so significant. The first of that double, of course, is from Jesus' death on the cross. That work of Jesus which pays for, which washes away all of our sins. And the second of that double is Jesus' sinless life. His sinless life and his sinlessness, his holiness, his righteousness that's credited to us so that through faith in him, we can claim his holiness, be holy, righteous, perfect before God and ready to stand before the Lord on judgment day, on the last day. Believing in this double, his blood and righteousness, washing away our sins, giving us his holiness, that gives us what we need to move us to true repentance so that we not only say, God, I'm sorry for the sins that I've committed against you, but also, 
God, please help me to fight against the sin that's, that's in my life. John said, After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. As the forerunner for the Lord, John, John's calling was to point the people ahead to Jesus who would soon be beginning his public ministry. And although Jesus at one time had said of John that he was the greatest in the kingdom of God, John knew that his role was not to draw him attention to himself, but to point to the Savior. He was a, only a witness to the greater one who was to come. John said, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And of course, with this, John wasn't saying that his baptism was inferior to the baptism that Jesus would have performed. Actually, either baptism, baptizing with water in the word, is that wonderful means of grace from our God that can call the infant to faith and, and make someone into a believing child of God or take the believer and build up and strengthen him in his faith. John's baptism, Jesus' baptism, great and wonderful. But now what John was saying here, of course, is he was highlighting the greatness of the Savior. John was telling the people that he was only the Lord's instrument in applying the water and the word in baptism. But the coming Messiah, Jesus, he's the one who gave baptism its real power because he lived and died for us and paid for all of our sins. As John prepared the way for the Lord by reminding the people that Jesus was coming. So the right kind of Christmas preparation for us includes that we would know what was coming ahead, just like John wanted the people to know what was coming ahead. When I was working on this message, I was kind of shocked when I came to realize it's two weeks till Christmas. It is so close. So what lies ahead for us in those next two weeks? Not many people will still have more decorating and shopping and baking and partying and traveling to do. But may God help us so that we all remember in what we're doing that that the right kind of Christmas preparation focuses in on God's greatest gift to the world, his son, the one who suffered and died and rose from the dead to pay for our sins so that we can look forward to eternal life in heaven. There was a poverty-stricken older woman who was found on Christmas Day eating a dinner that consisted of a piece of bread and a small fish. And uh, a minister who visited her spoke commiseratingly of her poverty 
to which the woman just had this bright smile on her face when she replied to him, the Lord has given me enough food to live. And today I'm celebrating because he has given me a savior so I can really live. So I can live forever. And now see, the right kind of Christmas preparation really has little to do with things and riches. The right kind of Christmas preparation really focuses in on meditating on God's love for us, God's love for you, for me, and the whole world in sending Jesus to be our Savior. So are we prepared for Christmas? Are you prepared for Christmas? Our answer as believing children of God is not to say that we're ready because we've done all our shopping and decorating and baking. Rather, we'll say we're making the right kind of preparations. We're preparing by, by listening to the voice of God's messenger, well, John the Baptist, anyone who faithfully proclaims the word of God to us, by heeding the call to repentance and knowing what lies ahead. And we have the celebration of Christmas. We have eternal life in heaven because of Jesus, our Savior. Remember this as we're preparing for Christmas, that the, the real blessings of Christmas, they're not under a Christmas tree, but they're in that baby born in Bethlehem to be our Savior. Jesus Christ, that's the real blessing of Christmas. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to prepare the way for your only Son. By his coming, give us strength in our conflicts and shed light on our path through the darkness of this world. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, in this Advent season of the church year, as we're fast approaching Christmas, please help us to be ready, to work at being ready for that day, 
And help us always to remember that the best way to be ready for Christmas is by being close to our Savior and His Word so that you can help us to grow in your grace and love so that you can richly bless us. We ask your blessing on those who are ill and troubled. We ask you if it's according to your will, grant healing, grant, well, grant all of us the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. But please help us always to think of that baby born in Bethlehem and know him as our Savior and our way to eternal life. And so we gather up all the prayers we have as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple of quick announcements to share with you. Today would be Nina Olson and Melissa Hawkins' birthday. Tuesday, Jean Lake. Wednesday, Dan Morris. Friday, Butch and Sue Coit have an anniversary. In the congregation this week, Wednesday, we have our second Wednesday Advent service. At that service, Pastor Kurt Uhlenbrauch from Grass Lake will be here. I will be heading down his way, but I'll be here for the soup supper ahead of time at 5.30. The service is at 6.30. Thursday, we do have a church council meeting, maybe just with the Wednesday service. He's, we're looking at questions of the Advent, and Pastor Kurt Uhlenbrock will be preaching on Mary's words or question, why am I so favored? Thursday, we do have the council meeting, like I said, and Saturday, there will be another Christmas Eve practice. I believe that that's at 10.30 in the morning. Please do look at our prayer list for all of those who have their aches and pains and trials and troubles, and please remember them in your prayers. But well, in your prayers, just keep on praying that we all would be filled with God's grace and love and be close to the Savior and his words so that we really are built up and ready and prepared for, for Christmas. 
Again, thank you for joining me. The Lord bless and keep you always.